sports, and betting. When parlayed, they go together like lightning and thunder. But for the last 26 years, they went together more like breaking the law and going to jail. Why was it illegal? Were states missing out on much needed revenue? Is this even something Congress will be able to regulate? Hi, I'm Ryan Preet, a reporter with Bloomberg Tax. Over the next three episodes, we will explore the past, present, and future of sports betting in the US. We'll discuss the money at play, the pursuits of professional sport leagues, how Congress might react, and many other issues at hand. So pick your teams and place your bets as Bloomberg Tax handicaps sports betting in America. This is the over-under. It's October 28, 1992, and President George H.W. Bush has just signed the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, also known as PASPA, into law, outlawing sports betting nationwide. Grandfathered into the law were three states, Oregon, Delaware, and Montana. The only other place you could bet was Nevada. The Silver State had been accepting bets decades prior to the law. Fast forward to May 14, 2018, the U.S. Supreme Court kills PASPA through its decision in Murphy versus the NCAA, arguing that sports betting was instead a state's rights issue. Well, the teller windows are now open, and everyone wants a piece of what is estimated to be a multi-billion dollar industry. We got breaking news for you from the Supreme Court. The future of sports gambling in America is about to change in a big way. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled a federal law banning sports gambling in most states is illegal. Breaking news to Supreme Court this morning, striking down the federal ban on sports America's betting. highest court has given the go-ahead to bet on sports across the country. Supreme Court justices in Washington just struck down the federal law banning sports betting in most states. Now it's up to the states to decide if they want to allow fans to make wagers. Now let's take a step back and see how we got to where we are today. In 1992, then-President H.W. Bush signs PASPA into law, taking legal sports betting off the board. 24 years later, our nation's highest court overturns the law, essentially legalizing wagering by a 6-3 vote. The justices argued the law was a Tenth Amendment issue and violated the anti-commandeering doctrine. In a nutshell, the Tenth Amendment is the section of the Bill of Rights that basically says that any power that is not given to the federal government is given to the people or the states. While the anti-commandeering doctrine basically reads the same thing. It prohibits the federal government from constraining state power by forbidding the government from imposing targeted, affirmative, coercive duties upon state legislators or executive officials. Anticipating a change at the hands of the Supreme Court, four states passed laws legalizing sports betting Delaware, New Jersey, Mississippi, and West Virginia wasted no time and got into the action. Months after taking their initial bets, tax revenue flooded state coffers. And they're not alone. New York, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island have also legalized sports betting, but haven't started taking bets yet. But they are close. New Jersey legalized 
other state uh, if the court will be in favor? If we if if we're successful here, um, we could have uh, bets being taken in New Jersey within two weeks of a decision by the court. We're like Boy Scouts. We're prepared. Casinos in Tunica, Mississippi are getting ready to get in on the action. Delaware, once again, is the first state. We were the state that started the nation back in 1787. And today we'll be the first state outside of Las Vegas to allow uh, sports betting legally. So I think the Supreme Court made the right decision when they approved it. And I'll be in West Virginia this weekend uh, kicking off their sports betting at the uh, casino there. Tax revenue has started to pour in. But how much money does it take to make sports betting significant? Will these totals continue to swell or drop off as states legalize the activity? I wanted to learn about the statewide implications of sports betting, so I sat down with Richard Auxier. Richard is a researcher at the Tax Policy Center here in Washington, D.C. So, you know, right off the bat, how much money are states really looking at here? Is this... Is this really in the billions, like some people have said, or is this something that's you know just going to help boost education funds and and, and help build highways? Uh, okay, so it can be both. Um, it is not billions, at least in any individual state. So we've now had sports gambling legalized in a handful of states, in addition to Nevada. But before this year, Nevada was the only state, and in calendar year 2017, they had a record amount of sports gambling. It was $250 million. But that's how much was weight, you know, was brought in by the casino. When you look at what actually went to the state of Nevada, it was $17 million. And that's under 0.1% of Nevada's general revenue. Wow. Not under 1%, under 0.1%. That's very real revenue. A lot of states can do all sorts of wonderful things with $20 million. But this is definitely not something that will solve your budget crisis you know, you know, fill your Medicaid gap spending or, or you, know, you know, fund your schools for the future. Uh, so it's very real money, but it in no way should be seen as a, it's a windfall or a boon to state coffers. While states ring the register, Congress is starting to take notice, and some lawmakers are cautiously optimistic. Capitol Hill has begun pushing for a federal sports betting framework in order to regulate the activity and establish nationwide uniformity. The states are, of course, against any such pursuit. In late August, Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer said a framework was desperately needed. Just days prior, Senator Orrin Hatch said he would be introducing a legislative proposal in the coming weeks. I'd like to say up front that I am not a fan of sports betting. I have grave concerns about gambling in general, and sports betting in particular. Despite these views, I'm also a realist. With the nearly $5 billion annually in legal sports wagers in Nevada, plus an estimated $150 billion a year in illegal sports wagers in the United States, we can't put the genie back in the bottle. I firmly believe that we need a set of fundamental federal standards that will protect the integrity of the games that will protect consumers and the sports wagering market. Eager to capitalize on the gold mine before them, the House Judiciary Committee announced it would hold a subcommittee hearing on sports betting on September 27th. I was able to talk with Sarah Slane, the Senior Vice President of Public Affairs at the American Gaming Association, a couple days before the hearing. 
Sarah was one of five people set to testify before the House subcommittee. Are you, are you expecting Chairman Sensenbrenner or the ranking member, uh, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, to to be pretty caught up on on what's happening with PASPA, with sports betting, with the five states that are now taking bets? Or do you think it will be more of an educational lesson for them? Yeah, I think, um, again, the, the members of Congress are pulled in a million different directions. They are very busy addressing a multitude of issues. So again, I think it's a good chance for us to educate them about uh, our industry and what we're doing and how things are unfolding right now at a at a high level, and hopefully inform the discussion and um, hopefully stop in any tracks of uh, anyone wanting to move forward with some sort of federal regulatory framework. Do you think that walking out of this this hearing uh, in the next couple of days, we will have a better sense of whether or not a federal framework? could be an actual obtainable goal, or do you think that we, we could walk out of there saying this is dead, uh, or do you think it'd be left in the air? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it remains to be seen. I, I think um, this will continue to be a discussion of interest and topic uh, on the Hill because um, it is one that is so new and so fresh, and certainly I think as we see, you know, we'll move through 2019, and we'll probably see some more states that will adopt legalized, regulated sports betting. So I imagine that will continue to be uh, an issue of uh, interest on the Hill. Um, as far as action that will be uh, taken up with, with sports betting in a federal federal uh, landscape, I just don't envision there being a lot of appetite to do something um, at this point in time, um, nor really any time in the future. As I said, you know, we are and have been largely regulated on a state-by-state basis, and we've done it successfully. And so I just don't know that members of Congress, again, given uh, the, the state's rights issues, the fact that we are going to have strong and have strong consumer protections put in place, and the large regulatory structure that we already uh, adhere to, that there's going to be much need and or desire then to to want to implement an additional layer of uh, regulatory requirements. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm looking at this from every angle, um, including, again, the, the, the members of Congress that we'll be speaking to and their their um, line of questions and, and what they're going to want to hear and learn about from our industry, um, as well as those people that will be testifying as well and making sure that um, you know, we are able to p- provide factual information for them to make their own decisions and conclusions. Slane was doubtful that a federal sports betting framework could become a serious threat. But then why was the House so quick to set up a hearing? Was it just for show? Or were federal lawmakers serious about a proposal? In the next episode, we'll head into the hearing room and hear from NFL officials and those who oppose nationwide betting. We'll also explore the pros and cons of sports betting and hear how simple error has already cost a sports book hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm Ryan Preet, and this has been the first episode of The Over Under. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Cue the music.